Today's guest, boys, is nothing short of a real inspiration. If I'm able to help people that were or are in a situation similar to mine or are going through something and they feel as if they have nowhere to go, what better thing can I do than to like reach out my hand and be like, hey, I got you. I've experienced recently a wave of social media hate because I advocated for Lexi Rogers, who was a transgender athlete trying to play in the NBL one. Someone leaked my phone number and my home address. So I had people show up at my house. Give it up for the face of Australian basketball and host of the highly acclaimed Under the Surface podcast, Annalie Maley. Of a winning team. People can find a better version of themselves if they choose. Hmm. You just need to go start some shit. Action is all that matters. Be a man of your word. I think I look back now and I'm like, whoa, that took some guts. Be kind, be kind, be kind. See you at the top. New episode every Wednesday. Big day, boys. How we going, boys? Welcome back to Australia's number one pod. <laughs> I was talking to you, boys. Oh, you were talking about, yeah. Number one. Oh, boys, 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 boys. What do you got for us, boys? What do you got for us, Benny? Anything? Oh, I do. Oh, for me, well... The Valley Wolves, Benny. The Valley... Yeah, I oh. People have been hitting us in the DMs asking about the Valley Wolves. Um, Yeah, good. Still training. Still top of the ladder, undefeated. Wow, lovely. But I've hit... Um, because obviously for people just tuning in, you got rolled in the granny last year. Two, two, a- two years in a row. So we're, we're two, yeah. we're two. We're collecting these mugs and... um. Yeah, we won. We were undefeated last year. Maybe that's not true, but we're on top of the ladder and lost the grand final. People at home know this. And I've never won, played in a winning grand final in all my years. Manifestation, so Benny. Yeah, I know. I know. It's, it's coming, man. It's coming. But here's, here's the issue, right? So I've got two of these mugs. As we know, the people playing at home, I've been getting up 6 a.m. training a couple of nights, a couple of mornings a week with Vinny and, and Pado and, and Nick. And then we all, we're all taking it pretty serious and it's working, man. We're on top of the ladder. We're undefeated. I just had a realization the other morning with me, mate, Vinny. I'm going away with the family overseas. Mm-hmm. Three days before the fucking grand final, man. Three days before when the grand final who's is. Running the, who's running the bookings oh, down there at dude, the drawing? Now, now that's not it. Now that's not it, right? So I'm like, me and Vinny, Vin Dog's a legend. He's, he's going, right, we've got to figure this out, man. You know, like I'm in my mind, I'm mm. like, I, I, I can't. It's a trip of a lifetime with the family, but I can't miss this grand final, right? So then Easter's coming around and um, we had a Thursday night game and the families were, meant to, were booked to go away for the Thursday. And I th- said to Vin, I go, I reckon what I'll do, because Vin's like, you know what? You could, you could send your family to America and you could rock up a few days later, right? So I'm like, in my mind thinking, mm, not an Ari man, like I'm down with that. You know what I mean? I don't know if the, the wife would be. Anyway, coming into Easter, we're meant to go away on the Thursday. Long story short, I thought this is a good opportunity to sort of test the waters a bit. So I just said to Joe, I go, I'll come down. Um, she goes, oh, we've got to play basketball on Thursday night. She's going, no, we're going away. Like, oh, yeah, probably going to just play basketball. I'll meet you down there. Didn't go down that well. We're talking about Inverloch. Mm. Two hours away, man. Mm. So I'm sitting there, oh, this is not going to be good for America. You know what I mean? Long story short. So I'm, I'm in a bit of a pickle where, so I ended up doing that and that was cool. Mm. And Joe's even come around somewhat to the American thing, but going to have to give up three or four days of trip of a lifetime with a family. So yeah, don't know what to do. What would you boys do? 
Oh, I don't know. I'm struggling to move past how you get in that situation, but but oh, it is what it is. We just it's booked. Done. We just booked it. You know, we booked it. We actually booked it last year before this season had even started. You know. Oh, okay, so it's a fair way. Out. So yeah, it's it was a fair way. Out. Out. Yeah, there was definitely no way of seeing it coming. You know what mm. I mean? But three, I think it's three days before. But then you know, by the and time you're assuming you're going to get in it, you're pretty yeah. pretty confident. Well, we've already beaten the team that beat us in the grand final last year. By how much? Oh, about ten or fifteen points. We've been looking good. We've been yeah, no, we've been thumping. We've been we've been looking pretty good. Okay, so you you've good chance you'll be in it. Yeah, and we you know we looked at uh, Joe. The first the first thing we did was look at seeing if we moved everything, and there was about six grand. So gone. Yeah, that's probably yeah. That's a that's a lot of money. And that to your point, we may not even get in it, right? So pay six grand, you don't Mm. get in it. It's going to be thingo. But you get in it, and you just you just it's just my ticket. It's just my ticket. Shred the the one way over, buy another one, three day three or four days later. But I don't know, man. Usually, I, 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 I'm usually good at working through problems. You you got a problem. Yeah, you got a genuine problem. Well, because you, you guys understand to, the gravity yeah. of it, right? I've well, never, and I bet you they go and win on the crystal glass. You know what I mean? Like, I don't get too ahead of yourself, but. <laughs> if things if this coming, no, from tickets, coming from hey, tickets, hey, yeah. Hey, oh. <laughs> if we're getting if we're getting to the pointy end, how, can you can you? Drop the hammer and, and change your flight. No, you can't. So, well, you can't know because it got got to like because it's hotels and there's connections and oh, yeah, it's, all this. Yeah, and no. we're getting over there. We're going on a road trip. No, so I'm going to. What about your like, my personal flight? You burn your ticket and you buy another yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. So that's the option. But yeah. it's it sounds like it's three days, but it's even more than that. You know, by the time yeah. three days, then you got to get on the next best flight and after he, we celebrate. And you got to celebrate. <laughs> That'll be a four day yeah, celebration. You know what I mean? mm. Well, the boys, shout out to all the boys. If, if we do win, what come hell or high water. They're all coming in here to party yep. on a film day, so yeah, so we're good. good. But um, yes, yeah, so I, I genuinely don't know what to do, man, because I have never won a grand final, man. And and I'm, will you boys go around again next year? We will, but these yeah. things are hard. look. Our our guest today will, will probably attest that these things are, and you know, you boys. Like, oh these man, things, mm. these, these oh, are hard okay. to hard to hard to win, man. You know, it's hard to get there. Hard to get there, let alone win. You know, so well. It's if you're going to be there, man. You're talking to me, man, Mister Number Two. Yeah. <laughs> So anyway, yeah. I don't, so you're you not oh. helping me at all, here. Oh. Oh, I actually don't have solutions. That's a big pickle, I'll be yeah. honest. <laughs> You've dug yourself in. Because in my mind, I can't see how I missed this grand final. And that's just being honest, but that's just... Be, but then I look at Brixton's here today. Shout out, Brixton. <laughs> what do you I, think, Brick? <laughs> What's that? Going on the holiday or grand final? To the grand yeah, final. No, it's, yeah, no, yeah. being late to the, to the holiday. Yeah, so. I get that. No, yeah, I'm, you, I, you know what, I'm going on the holiday. Who am I kidding, man? I'm going on the holiday. Deal. I know. It's like, so how, frustrating, man. It sucks when you get, yeah, when you just got nowhere to go. But anyway. Anyway, tune in for a later <laughs> ep and figure out what goes down. <laughs> <laughs> what have you been doing, PK? No, no, been, no not know. much, man. I'm, I'm, you know, we're going to get into the guest, I reckon. Okay. Guest is sitting there waiting patiently. She is. <laughs> Spoken, maybe, maybe, spoken enough. Maybe the guests can give me some direction. Oh, oh, I reckon she'll give you the advice. Beeble. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. All right. Let's get into it, boys. Welcome back to Australia's number one podcast. We are the little fish. We speak to the big fish about town each and every week. Please like, share, subscribe. Anyone that's going to get value, please hit the subscribe button. Boys, today's a landmark day. Yeah, why? We've got something new to bring to our beautiful oh, community God. out there. The people have spoken, and we are listening. 
we launch our first segment. Yeah, <laughs> a year and a half late. <laughs> well, you know, yeah. you know, all good things come to those who wait. <laughs> That's it. First segment, um, you've probably already seen on the socials, each week we're getting our viewers to pitch their business ideas in 50 words or less. Please do that. And they've already been flowing through, which has been amazing. Uh, and then ourselves and the guests will discuss, debate, and ultimately decide if we would invest or not. Yes. And what do you what do you call this, Peter? We call it the little fish tank. We call it the fish tank. The we fish call tank, it the fish, the fish tank. tank. <laughs> no, no, we joked about the little fish tank, but it's definitely the fish tank. It's a bit of a bit of a spin off of the you know the shark tank. The shark tank. So the fish tank boys, and obviously being. Can I can I just jump in the, there for a quick please, second? Please, please. One of our former guests, Sabrice Ubi. Ah. So they've got the new Shark Tank coming out, the new Australian Shark Tank with a new panel, and Sabrice one of the sharks. So Go Sabri. Yeah, so he's a legend out. man. Yeah, he's a savage he's a man. He's a friend so. of the pod and he's a weapon. Yeah, and he's, he's helped weapon. helped our business early days as 100%, well. So yeah, yeah, 100%. yeah. So yeah, legend, legend. But super excited. Brucey's gonna gonna direct the it. Oh, B Town. B Town over there is gonna direct it. So great role for him. Um, so if you do have any ideas, please email them to pitch at littlefishpodcast.com. We'll drop it in the drop in, the, in the descriptions. Um, and if your idea makes it onto the show, you'll get some really crispy merch sent out. So, so please drop your business ideas in there. Your best pitch, boys. That's exciting, yeah. boys. Listen, I can only imagine. Oh, I've seen a few. Oh, yeah, <laughs> we're going to get some goodies. Aren't we? <laughs> yeah. So is that? So we'll do that at the end of this ep, Benny. Yeah. So stay, hang about. Yeah, and we'll do it every every episode. Mm-hmm. All right, let's get into it. Let's do it, boys. Today's guest, boys, is nothing short of a real inspiration. As a promising junior basketball player at the Australian Institute of Sport, she had the world at her feet, only to face significant mental health challenges at just the age of 16, boys. Fast forward to today, she's bounced back and achieved remarkable success both on and off the court. In 2021-22 season, she claimed the WNBL MVP award with the Bendigo Spirit. And... I have it on good authority, yeah. but youngest ever to do yeah, so. 23 wow. years old, man. 23 years young. 23 years young. So she's a savage. She's a weapon by the sounds of it. Since then, has suited up for the Chicago Sky in the WNBA and become a key representative of the Australian Opals. Bloody oath. It's a good guess, boys. Well done. Most recently, she's helped secure victory in the Asian 3x3. 3x3. I watched some of that. that Championships was... in Singapore. You yeah, got into yeah, that? That's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me and Brixton watched some of it. Love it. Yet again, donning the green and gold. Beyond her impressive athletic achievements, she's a fierce advocate for mental health and the LGBTQA plus issues. QIA. QIA. That's what I said. <laughs> um, issues. So she's doing amazing things on and off the court, this girl. So. Wrapped to have her. Give it up for the face of Australian basketball and host of the highly acclaimed Under the Surface podcast, Annalie Maley. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and we had it that way. <laughs> yeah, your yeah. first time. Yeah, but that doesn't happen. No, second, twice. It's only the second, yeah. Most people twice. always walk that way, oh, so yeah. appreciate you walking. We've had circa 60 pods, Annalie, and you've walked this way, so... <laughs> That's good. We're, we're uh, picking you as someone who um, thinks outside the box and yeah. goes against the... And Annalie's got a famous dad as well. Famous. Ah. Comes from famous 
pedigree. Like I said before, he never lets me forget it. Either, so. <laughs> yeah, and he shouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. So that's that's Paul Maley for anyone playing along at home. 270 games. 270, the, yeah, yeah. Three or four clubs. I have no idea, but we, he used to make us watch the VR tapes. <laughs> he still has them, yeah. but probably all 270-odd games. Yeah, and he won a championship. Or he, was, he won a championship from... He's taken well, over the silverware. So at least he's fucking won one. Yeah. <laughs> so what would you do, just quickly, not to hijack, but to hijack, what would you do, Annalie? Would you play, stay and play, or would you go with the family? Oh, I'd stay and play. It's an important oh, thing. Yeah, okay. So I'm back to stay. What, 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 what... My coach will always say at the start of every season, any coach actually, is that this group will never play together ever again. Oh, wow. This same oh, group. Shit. So what do you do? Like you'll have the same family. <laughs> you won't have the same basketball team. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Joe, Joe, yeah. your argument's getting fully smacked. Oh. No, nah, and you know what? To Joe's credit, she's cool, man. She'll, she, if Looks I'm like it's the brick you've got to worry about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The kids don't want But yeah, to, to Joe, I wouldn't say she doesn't care. She would want me to be there, but she's cool for me to make the call, which makes it even harder, right? Yeah, It'd really be easier hard. if she said, you're not doing that. And then I go, yes, I am. <laughs> what about a FIFO? Fly in, fly out. Go with the family for the first couple of days. Fly back. Oh, go back over. Jeez, <laughs> I don't know. My... I don't know how my skills would translate yeah. getting on and off a plane. I struggle as it is. Yeah, don't know. Yeah. It's a tough one, but that's a good point, though, because mm-hmm. these boys are rippers, man. They're all good dudes as well. And you'll never play with that group again. Yeah, you'll Benny. never play with that group again. Yeah, it'll never be the same. Tell you what, if I play There's in no that pressure, grand final and we lose again, I may not get another invite back again. Yeah, maybe it's you. To, it's me. Well, not maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's <laughs> pretty convinced it is. <laughs> stressing me up, anyway. No, 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 enough about <laughs> enough about my uh, go the Valley Wolves. Anna Lee, thanks so much for coming in. Thanks for having me. Pretty cool setup you got going here. Thank you. Thank you. And you shot your pod earlier this morning. I did. You come in and that went well. Yeah, real good. I had an NBL player come on and talk about all things mental health and injury. And it's been nice to get like some strong male athletes talking about their vulnerabilities. So yeah, it was really good. Awesome. Annalie, for our amazing community, can we start where your passion for basketball and sort of led us into, um, you know, the young Annalie Maley? Yeah, for sure. Well, like you mentioned, my dad played. Um, So my earliest memories of basketball, actually like watching him play. And I reckon I picked up a ball when I would have been about three. Like we had basketballs like all over the house, like those little rings, like Mm. hanging off on the walls and stuff. And I'm a middle child. So I've got an older brother and a younger brother. And we, I grew up playing in the backyard with them. Like those are my earliest memories of basketball. Like I, I really, and I still do play pickup against them. Like when I'm trying to find passion for the game or something again, I, I just kind of call them up and we'll ask to like go shoot some hoops, go. And I, for the record, I beat them every time. <laughs> I was going to ask that. Yeah, every time. I keep score. I'm pretty competitive. But yeah. yeah, so it kind of blossomed at a young age. I always, always found the passion in basketball, like coming from a basketball family, definitely definitely helps like you're kind of bred into it my mum played as well like um always being around it cousins everyone played older brother played and you know when you're younger and your old brother does anything it's like the coolest thing in the world so him playing definitely was like well that's what I'm gonna do and uh I reckon my hands and feet were this size when I was like 
I don't know, six. And I started playing when I was five. So I was just all hands, feet and a massive head running up and down the basketball court with my and ones. Um, but I played my first ever game at basketball when I was uh, when I was five uh, down at Eltham Wildcats. That's my junior club. Yeah. And they're, they're, that's, that's home for me. Yeah. And you were back home there yeah. recently. Yeah. So, so yeah. I now play for Eltham in the NBL one whenever I can. So um, sometimes international commits, commitments can come in the way of that. But even through COVID, I had a key to the high school and I used to sneak in and um, get shots up all throughout so, the day. My, my wife works at that high school. Really? So yeah, yeah, yeah. I went to Eltham High as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. Did, yeah. yeah. If I'm so, hang on. If I'm playing, what's it, WM, uh, W, sorry, what's it? WNBL one. WNBL one. Oh, NBL one. It's just NBL one. Yeah. And you're coming back from Chicago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've got to line up against you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that? Well, yeah, I see how that might be intimidating. <laughs> but the, the NBL one, um, the way it works now, it used to be called Sable or something else, but the every um, state has a conference. So we're NBL one South, there's NBL one East, West, North, Centrals. And then at the end of each season, they come together and the winners of each conference play in like a finals competition and so it's a pretty high standard of play and mm. a lot of professional and international athletes play in it it's the WNBLs and NBLs off season per se but the, the majority of the players actually play in the NBL one conferences mm. um so it, it is a pretty high standard of play there is a few ex and current WNBA players running around in there so yeah. it's uh it's, it uh, they're pretty talented people. Like, I don't yeah. want to upsell myself. <laughs> it's a then, good competition. But, but then even those guys, you know, facing up against yourself might learn a few things as well. Yeah, for sure. So that's sure. not the worst thing in the world for, for sure. I mean, and I, I was saying Challenge before, themselves. this last weekend, my um my point guard got injured and I'm a 2-3, so I'm a shooting guard. I've never played point before in my life. And I they just kind of threw me into there. So that's a skill I'm still learning, still growing. I mean, like... At the end of the day, it's a game of basketball. You're always just trying to get better. But I mean, I am. I don't envy that. Like you're dribbling, you have to call a play, and if the ball gets stolen off you, it's your fault. Yeah. If if stuff doesn't work, and if so and so doesn't get their shots, they're looking at you. Yeah. I don't, uh, never again. <laughs> Not for me, mate. Not for me. So talk to us. So it was always basketball. The love for basketball was always there. And talk to us. I guess balancing that with school commitments and all that sort of stuff. Like, what's that like for a young? basketball so like i played all my juniors uh while i was playing volleyball netball athletics like i did everything as a young kid like up to the age of maybe uh 14 i did every sport and i was one of the people at school that just signed up for like soccer and lacrosse and everything because then you don't have to go to school right (laughs) like all the inter-school sports everything and i wasn't a great student um, I would kind of just avoid doing the studious things so I could go play sport. But the one thing that I always continued to do was art. So I've found a lot of outlets in the art world and the design world. And I would like wag math class to go sit in the art room and not, uh, I don't recommend that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't a great student, but so I, I, I was kind of a kid that did everything. And then it got to a point where I was playing state basketball and doing state volleyball and I had someone sit me down and be like, hey, you can't do both. We're at the and, crossroads. Yeah, Ooh. and also like my poor parents and like they used to drive me around everywhere all weekend. Yeah. Like it would be from like, God, like we'd play Friday night basketball and then it would be Saturday morning athletics, volleyball, basketball training, state basketball, and then usually a domestic basketball game in the afternoon and then do the same thing on Sunday 
and sometimes I'd fill in for my mate's netball team. Like it just, it was hectic as. Plus but, your two brothers as well. Yeah, but yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Like we, it was hectic. But I, yeah, so it got to the point where I had to choose one and yeah. obviously basketball being my passion, I was like, oh, basketball. Mm. And so I started playing, um, it was probably when I was doing my state level stuff under 16s and um, at this point, I know that I've said that I played a lot of basketball, but I could not shoot a bit or dribble barely. Like, cause I was a role player at best. Like I was super energetic. Um, I played amazing defense. I was a great defender, but my offensive game was never a real strong point of mine. Um, and from there I made my first Australian team as just a defensive uh, weapon. And <clears throat> then from there went up to the Australian Institute of Sport and, as I started kind of streamlining into basketball being everything that it was, all the other parts of my life just kind of, you know, you get tunnel vision and mm. everything just kind of fades away. So like my, my love for any other sport and art and books and anything that wasn't basketball was just not on the table for me anymore. Yeah. It just dried up. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's one of the things that makes you so good though. Like That's as an athlete. Yeah. It's yeah. so, 100% but, Yeah. Yep. But it also ends up hurting you in the long run. So when I was at the Australian Institute of Sport and I, for a lot of people, it works. That system works. Yeah. Um, for me, it just, it just did not work for me because it, I felt constantly like, like I was achieving these things, like making Australian teams and um, excelling in certain areas, but it was never uh, you're good enough. It was always, okay, on to the next. And I always felt compared to the people around me. Yeah. And something now, even when I coach young kids, is I say, I was like, when you have a role model, um, don't look to become them. Try and take parts of them and put them into yourself. Because like the, the thing that was told to me that I found extremely damaging and I've been able to look back on is – I'd have coaches say to me like, oh, we want you to be more like this player. We want you to do more like this. We want you to look like her. We want you to do this. And so, you know, my young little 15, 16 year old brain at the time was like, oh, I'm not good enough. I need to be more like this person. And it's a lot, a lot more literal. Right? Yeah. So, I mean, as a 15, 16 year old, do you yeah. know any better? Like, You're very impressionable as yeah, well. So, exactly. Yeah. So, you know, in my head, I was like, oh, I always need to be like all these other people. Yeah. And so, especially having, you know, I use the kind of, I don't really know what this is. It's like, it's like a graph is your sense of self, right? Is like a platform. And if the only thing holding it up was basketball, as soon as that wasn't going well, I had no sense of self. Yes. Yeah, but well, it's your, I guess your identity, so, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. So it's all attached to this one thing yeah. that can be gone tomorrow. Yeah. Just injury, anything, you know, yeah. like, and, and yeah, that, yeah, you can see how that can be a battle for yeah. sure. Yeah, you, you need other things. People talking about that as yeah. well. Like people say you're only as good as your last game or whatever. And yeah. if people are taking self-worth off that, you can see how it sends you into a spiral. Yeah. Right? It, yeah. It really is like such a – and it's something that I kind of explain now is like even when basketball is all-consuming, you still need to have like other parts of your life because that makes you better in your sport. Yeah. Like there's this misconception that in order to be great, you have to be so laser focused and blah, blah. And I'm focused and motivated, but I still need other parts of my life to like yeah. blossom. But it took me to actually quit the sport for a year um, when I was 17. And I was kind of forced into quitting because I had some really bad mental health issues. And at the time, I didn't know any other elite athletes that had gone through that. Um, and it was kind of scary thinking that I was on this projection of like, all right, state teams, Australian teams, college, WNBA, WNBL. 
And I was like, but I can't even get out of bed in the morning. And I was living out of home up in Canberra, no support there. And so I ended up like stepping away from the sport completely when I was 16, 17. Yeah. And that, and, and do you think that was all from that, I guess that environment of, you know, not having an outlet, having, that was the only thing in your, you know, in your, you know, in your mental space and, and it just become too much. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's a, it wasn't just my time at the Australian Institute of Sport, but I think it was a buildup of like the yeah. way that I had viewed myself going into that. And I think that being in a space where I, you know, when you're a kid and you're not taught the right coping mechanisms for things like, and there's not enough support there to be able to teach you how to, you know, manage anxiety, manage comparison, um, manage your self-worth, it kind of all got to a point where all of a sudden I had no idea who I was and basketball wasn't fun anymore. Like that passion that I had, gone. Like none. Like and I actually, I, I'd been really struggling and, you know, for really struggling, I didn't know what that meant either because I didn't even really understand what depression was, what anxiety was. I just remember like I'd get really sweaty and I'd shake and my heart would beat really fast and I struggled to have conversations with people and I stopped doing social things at like the age of 16, which is super, you know, yeah. not um, not common for a 16-year-old and especially because I'm a bit of a social butterfly. I think that at the time I didn't know what that was um, and then I remember going to a practice, it would have been on like a Thursday and the whole time I just couldn't think of anywhere else that I'd rather be. I got back to my room and then I called my parents and I said, I would have been 17 cause I had my license. I called my parents and I said, I'm, I'm driving home, I'm coming home. And I packed my bag and I, I, I left the next day in the middle of the school semester when I was 17. Yeah. Wow. Drove back to Melbourne. It's very brave to be able to just, you're in the the premium like the AIS it's the AIS you know there's it's the highest level for a 17 year old yeah you'd say and you've packed up your bags yeah and gone that's very brave of, of you to be able to pull that upon yourself and you talk about you didn't know what depression and anxiety was and coping mechanisms you just need to be around your support system yeah I mean at the time I didn't see it as brave at the time I saw it as like a failure mm. at the time I was like well this is the environment this is the elite environment at which I'm supposed to succeed but I'm leaving. And so in that moment, there was no one that could have told me that I was doing the right thing. I just knew I needed to change something. But in that moment, I felt like a failure. I was like, I have failed. And I reckon Mm. when I got home, I don't think I left my room for about two weeks. Like my parents had to bring stuff up. Like I didn't leave the house. Um, And that was a really hard time for me because I also refused to talk to anyone, like any sort of professional help. I was like, nah, like, Mm -hmm. and it's, you know, I I have taken the time now to look back and talk to my parents about it and uh, like how scary that would have been for them. And my older brother always says to me, he was like, well, you came home, you were like a shell of who you were. Like, I didn't recognize you at all. Um, And then over the next year, um, not only did I refuse to step foot in a basketball stadium because I was like, this is a, this is terrifying because I've just, I've just quit and I've failed, you know, like that was still my mindset about it. But it took me like a solid three months to actually go and see a psychologist because in my head there was this massive stigma around like psychologist means I'm weak and blah. And 
I, it took me so long to see one. And then not only did it take me so long to see one is I also saw three before I decided I liked one. Like I'd walk mm. in there, I'd sit down <laughs> with one. They might say two or three words and I'd be like, yeah, nope. And I'd get up and I'd leave because I'm like, I don't know. I hate it. Yeah. Um, but then I finally found an amazing psychologist, Jackie Louder. She works with the Melbourne Storm. I think now, and she literally saved my life. Like shout out Jackie, ja- Jackie yeah. Louder. She saved my life. She's incredible. Um, and I was really, really sick though. Like I not only like was I diagnosed with depression and general anxiety disorder, but I also was diagnosed with a panic disorder and insomnia. Oh, so wow. it was the real trifecta. Ding 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 ding. Yeah, ding, burger ding. with the log. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it took. For a lot of people that these things take like a, a really long time and in the in the time it felt like an eternity. But that year that I spent like going to the psychologist, I had to have a lot of um, medical help because when you're sick, like like I didn't want to eat, I didn't want to leave the house, I didn't I had to spend time in um, the psych ward at the hospital yeah. just so I could you know, like be on a drip and make sure that they, I was getting enough nutrients and stuff like that. But when I look back on that, like I don't even remember that person. Like mm. it's all just – but I, I got better so fast in the whole scheme of things that like I know it felt like an eternity in the moment. But when I look back on it, I'm like, God, that was actually fast. Like I was in the hospital, like I think it was July or August. And then by October or November – I just decided one day I was, you know, I was sitting by the Yarra River and I was like, oh, I think I want to pick up a basketball again. (laughs) And then like, this is actually wild. Two weeks later, I decided to play in the Australian champs, like uh, basketball schools thing. And after training, maybe twice. And my first game back. I had so much fun, but I think I had like 30 points and 22 rebounds. <laughs> Just playing off the pure yeah, passion. Yeah. Like. yeah, and then two weeks after that, I got a call saying, oh, uh, hey, do you want to come play WNBL in Adelaide? And I was like, yeah, sweet, sure. And, and I went and it's kind of like the rest from there. I'd like to say it's history. Like obviously there's bumps along the road, but that whole period of my life, like it, like that stuff, I still use in my day-to-day now. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Like so- you say, that sounds crazy just how – how quick you picked it back up. I'm yeah. just trying to think of like the teams and the recruiters and that going, Annalie Maley, she's back. Yeah, she played and she's still got it. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's like, yeah. I've heard she's going to come back and play a game. Oh, yeah, that'll yeah. be interesting to see how it goes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it went well. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I had promised myself that I wasn't going to set foot in a basketball stadium again until like I felt ready. Mm. And I spent, you know, there's a lot of during that year um, getting on the right medication, which I still take. I'm still on the same medication that I took back when I was 17 and the you know it's getting my headspace right getting on the right medication making sure that I'm openly able to talk about stuff and then also building up my identity outside of sport so that's when I found my art again that's when I found my love of the outdoors again that's where um, I actually enjoyed the art of conversation again you know like because I used to be too terrified to talk to people Mm. Um, and you know you find your why and then kind of coming back to basketball felt natural and it felt like it was supposed to be that way but it it was more special than before because i had new meaning attached to it i think yeah wow yeah that's mad that's, and now you're running a pod you yeah. didn't like talking to people yeah, yeah. i know it's crazy it's crazy and you know i think it's really cool that um i've always been super open and talking about this stuff like super super open because i i didn't have anyone at that time that i could really think of or that like especially in the WNBL that openly talked about 
mental health issues. I just, yeah. it just didn't exist. I feel like that's your, been your, your uh, calling and superpower. Like yeah. I remember the night that we first met and stuff and I was telling you about my girls. Like I've got two girls and stuff and, and exactly it's scary when they're grown up. So I can imagine what Paul was going through sort yeah. of thing. But to have someone like yourself happy to speak about whatever's going on, you know, in all the different things that you sort of speak up on and stuff. I think it's just destigmatizing. It's just bashing down the wall. Yeah. And then it's teaching, like my daughter, one of them, obviously we've said is here today, to, it's okay just to be yourself, you know what I mean? And it doesn't matter, you know, everyone's got issues and, you know, you can figure them out and yeah. all that. Yeah, it's it's, it's, mm. pr- it's pretty inspiring because there's, there's not many that come before you because, you know, generally you can get bashed a bit which i'm sure we'll get into a little bit later on you know you can get people that big bravado people that come in and have strong opinions and and think they know and and think they know why you're doing what you're doing sort of thing and and um and and that's when people retract but like yourself that would normally step forward they start to retract because they go oh this is no good you know what i mean but i you know Maybe we could jump into that now. It's probably not a bad point anyway, yeah. you know, because you've had people coming at you and, and attacking you and, and, and whatever. Yeah. When when you're being advocating for whatever it no, might be. No, absolutely. I think, you know, the first part of that is like when I'm advocating for things, the first change that I want to make is within our sport, right? Is So for me, I want, and this is like so important to me that, and I've, I've used this like explanation before. If you do an ankle at practice or you pull a hammy, um, everyone's going to look at you and be like, oh, you know, she's injured or she's going to take this much time to recover. Or when, when you return after having that injury, people are going to be like, oh, she's moving a bit slower because she's done a hammy. Just give her some time to get back into it. I want that same grace and that same attitude to be towards mental health issues and people that experience anxiety and panic disorders and bipolar and whatever it is, mm. there should be the same the same attitude towards that as a physical injury because it has physical side effects. Like I can give you the example that like um, sometimes when I change up and down my medication, my ability to use my hands goes out the bloody window. Like when I'm going up and down every couple months, um, my fine motor skills are shot for like 24 hours. I'm not allowed to drive a car. And so I now have to communicate that with my coach, with the staff, make sure that they're aware and I speak about that openly because then people aren't going to look at me in that practice and be like, oh, she's just lazy today or she's just not paying attention. And I want, I really want for people to then realize that the the physical side effects and mental health stuff is the, is the, should have the same grace as physical injuries. Um, so that is the first thing that has been the hardest for me to get across to people, especially within my own sport, mm. um, because the the grace for that is just it's just not there. Yeah, is it is it maybe there? I feel like potentially, you know, even talking to the AFL, like they're trying to get there on a surface level sort yeah. of thing. You it's know, better like, than it was. Yeah, definitely it's better. better than it was. But there's a long way to go. Absolutely, and there's some people in some clubs that are better than others. Mm. Um, for the most part now, people are, you know, more open to it and more open to the discussions, but sometimes the words are that we're open to it, but then the actual understanding isn't there. Mm. Um, so I'm trying to get across like a baseline education for coaches and staff members for mental health first aid before they uh, are allowed to start coaching. Now we have that at, um, NBL one level at Eltham. Um, there's a mental health and wellbeing officer that provides the education to I coaches. I spoke about this. Mm-hmm. I remember you telling me, mm-hmm. yeah. 
But um, again, that type of stuff always comes with the haters. Now, I've experienced recently like uh, a wave of social media hate because I advocated for Lexi Rogers, who was a a transgender athlete trying to play in the NBL one. And when I was advocating for her and um, trying to, you know, use my platform and use my voice, I was not prepared for the response that I got like overwhelmingly positive yeah. yeah but I received thousands of hate messages someone leaked my phone number and my home address oh. so I had people show up at my house yeah. in Bendigo sure these people have something better to do yeah it's actually oh. crazy yeah so like the the messages and and hate and stuff I could I can I can deal with that because I know <clears> that it's you know it that's a reflection of you you know <clears> but when they showed up at my house, Starts to get a bit I was like, okay, I, maybe I need to be more, you know, scared about this stuff. And when I, um, when I let people know that someone had come to my house, or like two guys actually came to my house and they were sitting in their car flicking across hate messages on Facebook saying like, oh, if you feel um comfortable enough playing against a male in a female sport and getting beat up by a male in a female sport you should be comfortable enough with a male coming to your house and all this stuff and I like reading that over I was like mate do you realize what you're saying also my neighbor was a detective so like (laughs) it was just dumb like by them the cops were over in a second like but I, I just think that as much as the hate happens and um, advocating for stuff, you're you're inviting the hate. Like I would never say like, oh, woe is me. I, I invite that when I speak up for things um, just by using my voice. But I, I, I'd do it again and again if it meant that I'm giving someone else a voice that doesn't have one. Um, so the, the, the situation that I'm talking about is I called out publicly Andrew Bogut on Instagram and we had a bit of a feud back and forth. Now, look, I have so much respect for him as an athlete and I just didn't like the language that he was using. Um, calling Lexi a biological male was just that was just misinformation, and I felt like it was hate speech. And I called it out, and his, you know, eighty thousand odd followers hated it, and that's where most of my hate came from. Yeah. Um, since I made him aware that the, you know, the people that followed him came to my house but um that wasn't received well by him either he pretty much just called me a liar so i actually saw that yeah. i remember and i just thought that was a bit that was a bit wild like he's just not thinking surely like oh and you know actually you know what i thought when i saw that and i, I sent you a message i just thought of my kids and i thought of your dad yeah do you know what i mean yeah. i'm thinking what's paul thinking man like you got because Correct me, they would know each other somewhat. Yeah. So yeah. Andrew and, and your dad would know each other for yeah. sure. That's what that's what yeah. I thought. Thinking, what's he doing, man? Like, well, he has a very public platform where he caught like he has um, public conversations with people. He has his own podcast. He calls out people all the time for their own stuff, and he has a right to do that. Like everyone has the right to their own voice. Um, I just didn't, I didn't love how it was. It felt. Um, unsafe for me for a, for a couple of moments there, but I you know I had enough resources with Basketball Australia, and obviously I, I had some connections in the Bendigo Police, and you know it was, it's that's all kind of said and done now. And my my the thing that's most important at the moment is that we're protecting Lexi, and that she has a voice through all this. Lexi just needs to you know she's a human, she's a person. That's the that's the she's people. That's the thing that people miss. I think yeah. that like regardless. Mm. 
I think I was talking to PK earlier. Like my biggest thing is like it's obviously there's no black and white answer, but the problem that I see is that you can't have a meaningful conversation with people about it because they're so, you know, they can be so vicious and yeah. angry for some reason. Like, and then that anger comes across and then people retract and they won't say their, what they genuinely feel exactly. because they can just feel like, oh, I'm not going to say that because that dude's pretty serious about what he's exactly. saying. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it is, it really is. Um, and your yeah. and yeah, and your pod, I listened to it on the way up. I listened to the pod what you did with Lexi and, and it's probably not a space that I follow along too closely, but yeah. to listen to your pod, but then to listen to Lexi herself, yeah. talk about her journey. Put a and, face and a name and yeah. a person, humanize Correct. it. Because, yeah. because you, you sort of don't get that and I probably don't go looking for it, but obviously following along and wanting to learn about you, listening to that pod was... Um, yeah, you you know it was amazing. You did a fantastic job in in bringing to light the person who Lexi is, rather than everyone talking openly about this issue. But there's a person on the end of it, yeah. sort of thing. And even hearing her journey, like it's it's you just feel like feel for her and and you know growing up like that and suppressing those feelings and yeah. that sort of stuff. I just can't um you just can't understand sort of living like that and and then then yeah to get that barrage and and everywhere she turns you know like people are hating on yourself lexi probably's got her own haters as yeah. well so so yeah i really yeah you just can't help but feel for her yeah i think that the important thing and this is the space i've tried to create even with my, in my own family right cuz like mm. everyone has different views not everyone's going to agree on that yeah. and like it's an, it's a polarizing issue right and it's okay to not agree yeah. it's okay that yeah. like you know my my dad's partner he uh, she asked some questions about like, oh, I just don't understand. And I was like, yeah, well, yeah, let's talk about it. Like it's not, you know, just because people don't understand, sometimes they get scared to ask the questions. Mm. Asking questions is totally fine. No, I, like you don't have to understand. It's a, it's a new issue. Mm. It's like having a transgender athlete play in sport. That's so new. When has that happened before? You know, like, so obviously there's going to be questions and people are allowed to ask whatever they like. There's actually no wrong question as long as it's asked respectfully. Uh, Correct. And and there's no need to be so angry if someone disagrees because then you can keep the conversation then stays alive then. Yeah, for sure. The conversation then turns off, it goes off topic once you start, you know, once you start attacking each other and each other's thoughts and and whatever. I just wonder if... uh, Andrew has watched that podcast I with, hope so. yeah, I do too, because like perspectives, everything as well. Yeah. And there's, a, there's, and I'm not saying Andrew's wrong in his beliefs. Yeah, like he for can sure. believe whatever he likes, yeah. but there's a saying, it's okay to be wrong, but it's not okay to stay wrong. Right. Yeah. And, and, and I, I do think that Andrew's a good dude as well. Like yeah. I, I've, I've followed his story over yeah. the years and stuff. And surely he can sort of look in the mirror and, and, and feel like that maybe he didn't handle it the best way because yeah. he can still have those same opinions and potentially come could have spoken to you privately as well, yeah. I, I think, instead of those public posts that were going yeah. back and forward and stuff. I also, you know, reflecting, I could have handled that way better. You know, like in, initially, like the first thing I did was jump on yeah, the was fire defensive. Fire I was like, bit, yeah. yo, what is this dude saying? What yeah. the hell? Ah, <laughs> yeah. like, I got angry initially. And I, looking back, I was like, oh, I don't know, you could have handled that way better. Um, I'm a very passionate person. So a lot of the time I say stuff and then have to go back and be like, what I meant was, you know? Yeah. So, you know, I, I definitely could have handled it better. I could have messaged him privately first, you know, like it works both ways. Yeah, There's true. definitely things I could have done better in that situation. What I just hope is for 
anyone that has questions about it, A, just educate yourself a little bit, but just remember, no matter what your opinion is, that she's a person that has feelings. I was, honestly, that was at the tip of my tongue. You're talking about a person that just wants to be themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's that's all it is at the end of the day. And and it doesn't matter what you think, if they don't feel themselves, Mm. who's anyone, Mm. whether they play basketball or not or whatever, but who is anyone to judge someone from being themselves. Yep. You don't know what you don't know if you don't know. Exactly. So to sit over there and think you know yeah. is a load of shit. You know yeah. what I mean? So you just got to trust people and we just got to try and create a place or a world mm-hmm. where people... I keep going back to my girls. You know, yeah. One day they might have conflicts and, and, and you know they're too scared to be themselves. And imagine going through life pretending to be someone you're not. You well, know what I mean? That's what Lex said, Lexi's parents. You know, For years and years and years she's, she's had... To be someone who she didn't think was true to herself. So, yeah. and that would be a terrible world to live in. And as I was driving in and listening to your pod, I thought, I've got no idea what all of that's like, but yeah. I know what it's like to be confident and comfortable in your own skin as yeah. you meander through life. Life's hard enough. Yeah. And, and, and exactly. I, I know. I know my sexuality. I, I know and I'm confident in what it is, but then to flip flip the coin and go imagine not being yeah. like that like so, so having yeah. all the normal stuff going on and life yeah. going and, on and, and then, then going, having these other layers more. these yeah. other layers on top of yeah. it correct so yeah can't yeah can't obviously relate to lexi but i know that yeah i know that it's good being confident and comfortable in your own skin they're not being like that for so long and then her actually finding that which she says in your pod yeah that you know it was euphoric yeah that she could get to that place where she was comfortable in, in, in what she wore and how she acted like, Oh, like those lost years for us, you know? So anyway, it's deep stuff, but you're doing a fantastic job of paving the way and you're speaking out about this stuff. And like, I've opened up to these boys. Like we had an afternoon up here once where I opened up and I've, you know, I haven't been silent on it, but you know, last year I was diagnosed with severe depression for a period. And like, I wasn't talking to my mates doing any of that stuff. Yeah. And then, you know, I, I spoke to professionals, I did this, I did that. And like, you know, this year has been probably the best year of my life. I started yeah. with Little Fish. I, you know, raised over $6,000. I've done triathlons. Like, yeah. I'm, yeah, I feel like I'm a different person. I, I don't feel like I'm a different person, but I feel like I'm I'm able to be myself. Yeah. And that's all I ever wanted to be. And yeah. like, yeah, I walk into Little just Fish. Just be happy to look exactly. in the mirror yeah. and just go, yeah, what yeah. it man. Like, I, yeah, yeah. That, that day I opened up up here, I spoke to Peter and like afterwards, and I was just like, I walk in here every day and I'm like, I'm happy and yeah. I can be myself. It's all about the environment. Yeah. Yeah. I think that sometimes explaining depression to people that don't or haven't experienced it is so hard because it's like, how do you put words to something that just made you feel so empty and so, I don't know, like it's just... I was relating to everything you were saying before. Like, yeah, it was a shit time. Yeah. And like, I wouldn't wish it upon anyone, but like... Nah, it's just like the lack of, I don't know, drive to do anything or Mm -hmm. like the things you usually find joy in, right? Like... Just like, you know. I didn't talk to my mates. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. It's like, you know, and that's usually a lot of people's first advice. It's like, oh, why don't you talk to someone? It's like, man. Mm. Problem shared is a problem Uh, half. I can't can't even get the words out. They're just not, they're not common. It sounds easy in theory. Can Mm. can I ask Annalise? Yeah, go. do Do you know or understand yourself why 
you feel compelled or you are compelled to be that spokesperson and use your platform because you're the exception, not the rule. And I know growing up, I used to be a little bit like I used to make other people's problems mine. So I can relate yeah. a little bit because people go, it's not your problem, Ben. Yeah. Go, yeah, but fighting for what's right, man. Exactly. That's not right. Exactly. Yeah, so do you want any indication or understanding yeah. of what? Well, yeah, I didn't feel like I had people advocating for me in the right spaces growing up. And especially when I was going through like those mental health battles and I had nowhere to, I had nowhere to look. I felt so alone. I didn't understand myself. And, um, I, like, I want to be that for people. And I, I not only like, you know, advocate for, you know, Lexi and that community, but also like, I feel like as an athlete, a high performing athlete, you know, I've, I've won a WNBL MVP. Highest performing yeah, athlete. <laughs> I've won an MVP. I've played for Australia. I've played in the WNBA. Um, and I'm going back there to play again. Like I, I have a platform, I have a voice, but also I want people to be able to see high-performing athletes and see them as humans and then also see them as like, you know, she's doing all this stuff and she's gone through this. That means that I can I can still achieve what I want to achieve even if I've gone through something or and are going through something because, you know, you never – like even now, like I still have down days, like I'm, I'm still medicated. I still take antidepressants. I still take an anti-anxiety medication. And I talk about that fairly openly. I still mm. see a psych. I still do those things because I believe that they're important to keep me um, healthy and happy and balanced. But to speak out, especially for people that don't have a voice, I feel like that might, like that's part of my why, you know, it's part of my why because I at times in my life haven't felt like I've had a voice whether that was self-imposed or the environment that I was in the voice just didn't exist so now being able to do that I just feel like if I'm able to help people that were or are in a situation similar to mine um, or are going through something and they feel as if they have nowhere to go then what better what better thing can I do than to like reach out my hand and be like hey I got you yeah, that's amazing. That's it feels uh, feels good bringing up young young boys and girls in the world with people like you doing that sort of stuff. Yeah, Natalie, the so. world's about making it a better Hope place. Hundred percent. Hey, can, so. before we move on, say from um, Lexi, obviously the news has come out where, and it was you know the world was waiting. It felt like for a long time to get mm -hmm. that news, and it wasn't positive from Lexi's perspective. Mm -hmm. um, can you talk about that, like what you thought about that pro or how you thought about that process and, and maybe, you know, the yeah. obvious, the ruling? Yeah. And is that ruling definitive and, and can it be overturned? So, yeah, so the ruling is is that she's not eligible to play in this NBL1 season. And I can't I can't pretend to know every every single one of the processes. I, I don't. I don't know who's on the board of decision-making. They keep that really private. Um, what I wish is that they – the questions and everyone's concerns, I wish people asked NBL1 players in the women's competition. I wish the vote came down to us yeah. because it seems like, you know, the people making the decision, I just wish that it was, you know, put down to, hey, these are the women that play in the competition. What do you guys think? But I don't actually feel like we were asked the question. Mm. I don't think anyone asked us. Like, it's our competition. Yeah, it's crazy. No one asked us. So I think for, from Lexi's point of view, it's hard. Um, obviously, she just wants to play basketball. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. She's just a girl that wants to play basketball. And she, she's not going anywhere. You know, She's not going to disappear just because someone says that she can't play this year. 
Um, she's, you know, I spoke to her the other day. She's pretty keen on, you know, continuing to try and make that a possibility and make that a dream because she's not the first transgender athlete and she sure as hell won't be the last. So if she, you know, and what I had said to her when I spoke to her the other day is like, we will find a way to have you play. We'll find a way because taking away someone's right to play basketball isn't right. And I'm really disappointed in the ruling. I can't, again, I can't pretend to know the exact processes. All I know is if the outcome is... If the outcome is that a girl can't play basketball, it's not the right ruling. And is it? And it's just this season then. This season okay. so far, but it seems, um, it seems like now not just in basketball Australia, but in other competitions, because of what Lexi has done in using her voice and standing up and saying, "I want to play basketball," they're now starting to create processes and you know guidelines for when people actually want to do that. Which is amazing. Yeah, that's cool. It's and like it'll take a really long time. Mm. It'll take a long time, and um, I'm really proud of Lexi and the way that she's handled it. But um, at the end of the day, I just I just want Lexi to play basketball, and it's really disappointing that it's been ruled that way. Um, and I hope I hope that in some way, shape, or form, we can just get her playing basketball as soon as possible and safely. Mm. Yeah, hundred percent. I was going to say. I know, you know, Lexi's going through a tough time and she's probably the one that the focus is on. But like you said, it's so early. And even though the ruling wasn't in her favour, um, there's obviously still a long way she's to go. She moves so, the footy down the field yeah, though. Yeah, yeah. And that's she has. The, you know, and, and it's got to take, it's going to take, yeah. It's going to, it's going to, yeah. it's, it's, it's a new thing. It's a big thing. I feel mm-hmm. like it's going to, you know, it's going to find its place eventually. And she's, she's playing a role in that. So, yeah. um, you know, she should be proud of herself. Yeah. Yeah, agreed. 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 Sold. Sold. Yeah. I've got a basketball. I've got. I've got. I've got a basketball one. Come on, let's go to basketball. Yeah, let's go, go back because you've achieved so much at such a young age already. Mm. Going over to the WNBA. What's What's the What do you have? Like a big goal? Is it that you're um, working towards from a basketball perspective? Yeah. Look, I I have achieved some pretty cool things in the last couple of years, and. Um, Look, this this most recent tournament that I played in Singapore, um, winning the gold medal at the Asia Cup for the 3x3 was pretty unreal. Yeah, that was sick. So I got to do that with my partner of five years. You smashed him as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so like we actually are the first ever um, openly gay couple to play for an Australian team together. That's amazing. And first ever to win a gold medal yeah. yeah, that's amazing. And so the fact that we got to do that together was so dope. Are it you playing so one on one though, out the back? All yeah. the time. <laughs> All the time. That's why you're so good. Yeah, it gets heated, but it's great. Like, I mean, I can't think of like another person I'd rather have by my side yeah. when we do that thing. And you know, that has been my biggest achievement of my career this far because that not only like my that was had, recent as well, in, super recent in Singapore. It's illegal to be gay. Oh, wow. So yeah, oh, but wow. because it's an international tournament, it's international grounds. So yeah. it's like we weren't, you know, unsafe or anything like that. And there's this really beautiful photo of after we won gold and we're holding the trophy and we're kissing. And it was like on the front of uh, like some newspaper in, in Singapore, Singapore. And like they were like, oh, uh, uh, <laughs> so it was it was a really cool moment for me because they don't have, like gay people don't have rights in Singapore. Yeah. Like it's not seriously breaking down barriers. Yeah. How about that? <laughs> That's what yeah. I was to say, how's that for a, yeah. oh, a headline act? Yeah. My God. So it, that was a pretty cool thing. But um, like in terms of basketball, like I have, I have like goals. Like I want to be a staple, more of a staple player in the Opals. I want to be a staple player in the WNBA and um, 
I'll kind of I'll go into a little bit of what the WNBA process looks like but the basketball the basketball goals kind of tie in with you know as a female athlete you have to play all year round um, you can't get an off season just because financially it's uh, it's you can't yep. you can't you have to play all year round so you have to play in the off season and unless you are a top tier player in the WNBA or Europe like maybe but it's it's really hard to to not do that so I guess for me, like the goal is to be able to get to a point where I don't have to play all year round. And then kind of from that, like, I just want to have experiences. Like I want to go out there and do things and look back on my career and be like, oh, I played here. I did that. I did this. Like the basketball goals kind of tie in with the life goals of just being able to... Cool experiences. Cool experiences. I want to play overseas in multiple countries. I I want to do all that. But like I kind of... I'm not a huge look too far ahead and I'm more of a, you know, one step at a time type of person. And like I mentioned, like the the WNBA stuff. So what people don't understand is when you sign a training camp contract, you can get cut at any time, at any point. Today's the day. I could be cut before I even go over there. Um, So last year I was told that I would be there for, you know, maybe three days tops. And I ended up staying for three months as an injury replacement. And that, you know, that was the biggest, you know, like, all right, stay in the moment. Cause at the end of every day, I'm like, oh, am I going to get a phone call? Or oh, are they going to yeah. pull me over and tell me to, that I'm being cut today or, you know, whatever. But it's the same thing this year. So like I'm walking into the same season, same situation, but like that, you know, that whole pressure of like, you know, the financial side of it, that never goes away. Hmm. Um, so I'm hoping to, to get to a point to where that doesn't affect I don't know, like, and I hope that all females get to that point, yeah. honestly, not just in basketball, but, you know, footy, soccer, volleyball, you know, netball's got it pretty sorted, but, you know. So how does the WNBA compare to the um, NBL over here? Like, in terms of, you know, the pay disparity between the men, male and female? Oh, like- it's huge. So I, I read this stat the other day, and I'm going to get this 100% wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll be ballpark, right? Yeah. yeah. It was... Um, uh, the one of the mascots for an NBA team makes whole, more than a WNBA roster. Oh, stop it. No, I'm serious. I'm dead ass serious. <laughs> and then LeBron's salary is more than the whole WNBA combined. So the pay disparity is huge over there. But remember, like the NBA players are making stupid money. Mm. Like, yeah, yeah, so yeah. the WNBA get paid well, but th- just remember that stat is mm. that a mascot in the NBA makes more than a WNBA roster. That's crazy. What about the WNBL here? Is it is that catching it, up? Cause it is. It's when I, when I went, because I, I went to a, a, a game and the stadium was full. Mm. It was electric. In fact, we went back again. So I took the whole family. So yeah. we, we've been a few times because it was a really, really cool experience. It's even in the last five years. So I've played in the league for four or five years now. It's gotten so much better. But our minimum wage is 17 and a half grand. For the whole season. Minimum wage, yeah. That's oh, minimum wow. wage. And you have multiple players on minimum wage. And you're training full-time. Full-time, full-time. And our develop, so our development players don't get paid at all. So if you're, so you have to like, you know, to be a development player and put yourself into a position to potentially become a roster player, you have to give up any sort of wage. So, you, you know, my, um, how, one of my housemates last year was a development player. She worked a full-time job on top of the training commitments, which are already full-time hours. So, you know, we'd go to this, we'd go to lift at like seven, we'd finish lifting eight thirty-nine, and then we'd practice from nine to 1130 and then eight. And then usually do another indie 
some more shooting and you finish up around two. So you're expected to be there from about seven till two plus community engagement commitments um, and have a full-time job. Not everyone does the community engagement. Usually Mm. that's for the players that um, don't work, but sometimes... um, It's all on just a wink and a handshake. Yeah. 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 Come do this. So it's, it is, it is better. It is better. But um, the, the pay disparity between, you know, the starting five and everyone else is way too big lucky for you you're not only on the starting <laughs> five but hey can we can we talk about so isaac humphreys last yeah, year like how yeah. cool was that that was amazing um he was the so correct so he was the first gay athlete was he NBL, nba nbl nba yeah. athlete to come out and yeah. uh, and what's his name so did you do you know Isaac? I do. And did you know that before he was coming out? Is it? Did you guys have no, conversations? No, I had no idea. So Isaac and I actually went to the Australian Institute of Sport at the same time. <laughs> so I've known him for a really long time, and um, he's you know he's an amazing athlete. He's also an amazing musician. Like he's played at the Sydney Opera House. Wow. He has an incredible voice. Yeah, he actually right. posts on his Instagram like him singing and playing piano and all this stuff. He's incredible. But like the bravery that that took. Like talk about like I mean being a gay female athlete in you know in women's sport it's more accepted, especially in the WNBL it's very accepted. I've never been discriminated against for being gay in the WNBL ever. Mm. Um, in the, M- the NBA and the W uh, and the NBL, that is a completely different story. Male sports is not, um, I would say, a welcoming space for uh, gay people. I, that like. It's just, it's just not. The way it is, it's yeah. just the way it is, and mm. um, not saying it can't get there. I'm not saying there aren't people that do accept that either. I'm not saying that in every team there's not someone that you know, multiple people that would accept that. But what Isaac did is he's you know like he's at the peak of a, a you know his career in a male sport. He is the picture of masculinity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's the one of the biggest of, teams in the yeah. league as well, Melbourne United. He's the picture of masculinity yeah. and he's able to stand up and be like, "Hey, I'm, you know, I'm gay and I'm proud I'm And his position as well cuz yeah. he's a big guy. He's a big yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah, and like yeah. that's the thing is like that is breaking down a barrier. That is yeah, breaking absolutely. down a barrier he's because definitely not the only one. Yeah, 100% statistically. Yeah. Statistically he can't be. Yeah. You know? yeah, 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 yeah. So I just like I'm so over the moon for what he's done for the league, and then also the league getting in support of that. Like they did, they did it well. I thought they did anyway. They did. Yeah, and there was even... teams that didn't refuse to wear the t-shirt though. Oh, was did it? You see that? No, I didn't see that. So the yeah. NBL did a pride round, yeah. um, kind of a couple of weeks following, and um, it was it was done really well. And I, was, I was so over the moon with the league again for the NBL to do something like that. Like that's incredible. I'm really I'd like kudos to them, um, but. It was just a T-shirt with a little, tiny little rainbow on it. Like it was a black warm-up shirt. With t- and, and two teams in the league Which tells uh, Let's call them out. Who, who? It was Cairns, Cairns. And I can't remember the second oh, one. The news doesn't make it up there. Yeah, yeah, nah. they're, they're, they're a bit couple behind. years behind. Couple Cairns, years behind. Cairns, type Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> couple years behind. It was like a bit late on the mail up there, PK. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. yeah but yeah, he... The, but how, you know, but, but how progressive is that though? Like you uh, said a couple of weeks an after. An man. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. My kids know who Isaac is. Yeah. Does that make sense? So yeah. they couldn't name five of the NBL players. They don't know their numbers. And yeah. my little fellow would go, oh, the one with, you know, Creaky with yeah. the blonde hair, the yeah. ones that stand out and stuff. But they knew and they all cheered. Actually, she, she's here. That's who they were cheering for, man. Yeah. When we were going, they knew who Isaac was and that's who they were cheering for. Which, so the impact incredible. was real because it's we can't change older people that potentially yeah. making the decisions at the now but with you coming through and 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 
people advocating like you coming through for kids like my girls by the time you push up and yeah. you guys are making the decisions hopefully we start to see significant change and it becomes more of a norm because it should i hope so and i, I just think about you know when i was in high school one of my best friends was gay and he played for the eltham wildcats and he wasn't out but um he eventually ended up stepping away from basketball because he didn't feel like it was a safe environment to be a gay right. man now that you know that's a at the time he would have been like what 14 15 yeah that's bullshit, and he had to yeah. stop playing sport mm. because he didn't feel safe and that's like well he just didn't have the confidence to be himself yeah. to be able to rock up and be himself and that's the shit part yeah but all you guys are yeah you're trailblazing it, it you know yeah. like you're cre- so. creating but that environment you're gonna make so. it easier for the generations to come this has been awesome, Hanalei. Yeah, wow. superstar. Awesome, awesome. We could talk for a lot longer, but we've covered a couple of heavy topics there. But you, yeah, you're doing a great job out there. Your podcast is amazing. And I'm coming to the Chicago sky, sky with the kids. If you if yeah. you get on the main roster, I promise you. Yeah, come see me. Fucking come because I've been because I've been to that stadium where yeah. it's got it's got the Jordan statue yeah. out the front. So, so cool. I tracked with my wife, my now wife, but we were just dating back then. We tracked across Chicago in the freezing cold. Because I had to go see that, get the photo with that. So stadium. cool. Yeah, we, cool. So we we train training camp out at where the Bulls used to train, like that old stadium. The old facility. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah, you yeah. see in all the docos yeah, and that's stuff. Sick. And, but they've just redecked it out in Chicago Sky Blue. So it's like this. It's such a dope training yeah. facility, and there's so much history in there. And like Dennis Rodman is my favorite player. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, you know, not even favorite player. He's my favorite person. <laughs> I just love him. I love yeah. him so. Yeah, getting to do that again would be awesome. And Chicago's like Melbourne, but like cooler and with guns. So, you know, it's, <laughs> <laughs> so like, come through. It'll be fun. No, I'm, I'm 100%. That'd be sick. <laughs> and like, awesome. And we do need to bowl into our new segment. Oh, oh yeah, let's do oh, it. Let's wow. do it. I'm happy for so, that. So, we've sort of got to get used bowl to this. Bowl in. B-Town. you did that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> little fish tank. <laughs> Um, but Brucey, what do you got? Start mate? us off, kick us off, big fella. All right, so hopefully it's a staple. Hopefully it hangs around. If it Benny. works, yeah, we'll, we'll you know, otherwise we'll shoot it. So, um, <laughs> yeah, send in your your best business ideas. Uh, pitch at littlefishpodcast.com Best ones, we'll get a we'll get a feature on the pod. Ben will send out some merch and. Yeah, you know, will the boys, will the boys and the guests. And you know the cool part. We get to sit down with cool people that are clearly the, the elite of the elite in whatever their fields are. So we kind of felt like it was a bit selfish of us just ask the question. So at least these guys get to um, tap into the expertise, man. Fish <laughs> tank. Them. The fish tank. Bring <laughs> welcome, it. Welcome to the fish tank. Righto. So this one's from Daniel Sleeth. It's called Eco Swap. Sleethy. Sleethy. <laughs> <laughs> So, eco swap. Eco swap. Oh, God. Eco swap. I need to concentrate. <laughs> we started with a good one. Anyway, carry oh, on. Sorry, mate. Eco swap is an online platform for swapping gently used clothing, accessories, and home goods. Users can create profiles, list items, and browse for items they want. It promotes sustainability and the circular economy. Minimal capital is needed for the setup, and revenue can be generated through listing fees, transaction fees, and partnerships with sustainable brands. With low overhead costs, EcoSwap has the potential to quickly gain traction as a go-to platform for eco-conscious consumers. Oh, it's been well spelled out by Sleeth. I have one question. Yeah. What is comfortably 
Oh, softly used goods. What did, what did, what did you softly. say? Oh. Gently used Gently. So second hand. That's a nice way of saying second hand goods. Is <laughs> that right? Gently used? Gently used. But, but Is not- that like this cup? I'm gently. <laughs> <laughs> I gently sit. It's know? only been slightly ruined. Yeah. I, think, I think that's the way of saying, yeah, no shit. Yeah. Yeah. No. It's no. It's probably better than a hammer shop. So we're going to decide if we're going to if we would invest. If it's a good idea. Yeah. If we would break invest it down. It or, yeah. you know, are you, where are you going to make money? Is it, swap. is it? Yeah. I think you know what my mind. Um, obviously, having the having the four young kids, with when they move out of their clothes, they're sort of gently. Used. All the boys aren't. Gently well, you know what? <laughs> but but, yeah. but it's fast. You know, they're growing, yeah. and it's like they use it for for a summer or a winter. Mm. And it's good stuff. You What's know the name I mean? of the dude? The Daniel Sleep. Daniel, you need to go and look up a website called Market, M-A-R-K-O-T. The founder of, you just reminded me then by what you just said. That's how I roll. That exists. So the founder, yeah. the original founder of F45, Rob, mm-hmm. his name is, he sold F45 and his new business is exactly, sounds like this, but what you've talk, spoken about is for yeah. kids. So it's, oh. his ones is specifically on kids' clothing. Yeah. Yours, what was your... What That's was a good idea. Yeah, from that like, yeah, well, he sounds like... He looks <laughs> like he's flying, so it must yeah. be. Clothing, so. accessories, and home goods. Clothing, accessories, Can and I, home goods? It kind of sounds a bit like... Um, Facebook Marketplace. Well, that's what, that's what I thought you were saying. I'm so sorry. EcoSwap sounds like a great idea, yeah. but it also sounds like Facebook Marketplace. Sounds like yeah. it's too late. And, <laughs> and, and, and I was going to say that. So the, the thing, the issue they're going to have, because I, I wrote it, that they said minimal capital for the setup. I was about to say, how do you see so nothing, nothing requires minimal capital for the setup. You know I've, I've paid for a few platforms that you've done yeah. and they're expensive. <laughs> and, but, but I think the biggest challenge, Daniel... Forgetting all of that, a double-sided marketplace is one of the hardest things to get off the ground, right? Because mm. you, if you focus on getting people to list their goods, if no one's buying them, you're screwed. If you then focus on the buyers, but you haven't got enough goods to to, to feed those, like it's 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 one of the hardest things to do. Lot, from what I've learned, a lot of variables, yeah, a lot makes of variables. Sense. Yeah. Where, which is why marketplace on Facebook it mm. works because the the, mar- the the two sides of the marketplace already exist there. So the idea may be good. But it's going to be very difficult and expensive to execute, I there's would lots, say. Are you shooting, also, you're shooting it? Yeah, so. Oh, no, I was shooting got, your comments. Oh, right? you're shooting so your comments. gold, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got one more thing that I would say. Go on. Is that like imagine if he pitched this idea to Facebook and then it could be a shoot off of Facebook Marketplace, EcoPlace. EcoPlace. And it's like oh. only, only sustainable items and like I don't know what environmentally friendly items clothing looks like but if it's like or if there's home a goods. yeah if there's like a very specific you know type of eco goods you could have an eco place like an offshoot eco place. of the mm. mark facebook marketplace and are they swapping or are they selling i think they're selling but they're it's called it says swap, eco swap. swap yeah so uh, they might need to be called eco sell yeah platform online platform for swapping oh yeah so you swap so you're making trades you're trading. Oh, oh so that might not exist. I'll give you exist. some dirt for a t-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's all the negotiation oh. and that sort of stuff. It's a bit Gary V at the old. Yeah, yeah, he picks up bloody. His game. garage sales and that. Yeah. Um. Anyway, what's his name? Daniel Sleeth. What are you? Daniel Sleeth. Well, no, let's so let's see. What, uh, uh, let's not lead the witness here. Yeah, are, you, so are you investing? Are <laughs> so we investing or are we leaving the money under the mattress? I'm so sorry. I'm going to leave the money under the mattress because <laughs> Facebook Marketplace yeah. is just so good. <laughs> what, I, was, I was negotiating last night on the Marketplace. Yeah. <laughs> you sold your car last You're a busy boy last night, dude. I stayed up way too late. What are you doing, PK? 
oh, the money's in the mattress. I think it's a good idea. Because I just think the execution just going to cost a lot of money and you'd need like an army to help you do it. So money's in the mattress. So sleepy. So keep hunting. Yeah. But, but yeah, anyway, that Thanks segment might get legs, I reckon. Yeah, so uh, send them in. <laughs> Pitch at littlefishpodcast.com. Crispy merch coming your way, Mark. What was his name? Daniel. Daniel Sleaf. Daniel coming your way. Daniel. Daniel. Thanks, For Daniel. that idea, it's probably just a t-shirt though. And probably not a hoodie. <laughs> <laughs> Rub it in dirt as well, mate. There you go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, awesome. Annalee, thank you so much for coming on. Um, keep up the good work. All the best over there in the States. Thank you. Appreciate keep it. Keep killing it. And keep... Uh, Keep sending that message out there. We does the pod continue when you're in the states? Yeah, I'm actually going to find a. Um, and you get guests from the studio. States. Yeah, that's yeah. the idea. So I can do it online, but I prefer the face to face stuff. Mm, yep. Um. So I've sourced a studio over there. Obviously, I need to make the roster first, and so you know I've told my producers just like give me a couple of weeks to make the roster, <laughs> and then I'll set up a space. And you know the idea is I've got some connections over there that Imagine hopefully I can get guests. NBA players yeah, on, yeah, yeah. even to interview some of my teammates. Some of the WNBA players have some incredible experience. I'll tell you what, Smiley Grant Smiley, who is a friend of the podcast, Melbourne, he's, he's Mister Connected over there. You go, yeah, yeah you we'll, know, loop, I will, we'll I will loop you in with Smiley. Yeah, we'll that. yeah we'll loop you in with so I can loop yeah. you in with yes, Smiley please. man. That'd be great. He's, he's a legend as well. He's, he's such a good guy. Such yeah. a good guy, and yeah. So Aussie's looking after Aussies, man, yeah, and he is connected. Yeah, I need that. That'd be great. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. yeah, under the surface takes on Chicago. That's the plan. Yeah, so. and the drones <laughs> are coming to watch. Come yeah. on. <laughs> and we need to figure out your grand final oh, issue. I think I'm anyway. playing, man. I yeah, think I'm playing. Fly and fly out. That's fly and fly out. And you know what? We'll go. We're going again. We're going to go to the states again. Yeah. Also, oh, there'll be more trips. There yeah. won't more be trips. more grand finals with that team. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Play crazy. With them twice. Yeah. Yeah. Legend. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right, guys, please like, share, subscribe. So many people are going to get value out yeah, of that. Yeah, and, and you never say, the, the what do they do on um, on Spotify? Give us a five star. On, what's the other one? Apple, give us a five star. The reviews help. So please, 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 please. The algorithm it, loves yeah, it. Pump out the five stars. See you at the top. People can find a better version of themselves. If they choose. Hmm. You just need to go start some shit. Action is all that matters. Be a man of your word. I think I look back now and I'm like, well, that took some guts. Be kind. Be kind. Be kind. See you at the top. New episode every Wednesday.